0: Hello, and welcome to the Good People Podcast. Our goal is to discuss topics and shed light on the things that few people want to talk about. We are committed to having raw, honest conversations and constantly being curious about the challenges that life brings, especially the ones that make us doubt that we're good people. We dive deep, we laugh at our humanness, we ask questions, and we have real guests who get real vulnerable. And most importantly, we believe that good people are everywhere. We hope this podcast gives you hope, helps you feel less alone, brings you joy, and becomes a part of your self-discovery process. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Ready? Here we go. Hello, good people, and welcome back to the pod. Uh, Today we have a very special guest named Spencer. He is a former college Baseball standout and extraordinaire who had a great career but battled OCD and anxiety along the way. Throughout his career, he had to find many ways to cope with and deal with the many highs and lows that life brought him. And he's persevered through many, many obstacles and hardships. And he's here today to talk with us about the recent struggles that have come into his life, uh, especially after his student athlete career ended. And so I know he's going to just provide such great content today. His story is so interesting. And so I'm really excited for him to share his story with us. So with that being said, let's jump in. Thanks for being here, Spencer. Spencer.
1: Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm um, looking forward to, you know, talking a little bit about what I go through and what I've lived with and uh, sharing it with a lot of people. Hopefully it helps somebody.
0: Yeah, that's that's the whole point. So tell us uh, a little bit about what the past few years of your life have looked like.
1: Yeah, so uh, the past few years, um, I finished up my baseball career and I graduated from college. Um, but I mean, all I really knew growing up was baseball in school. Um, so that transition, that transition from, uh, being a baseball player, being a student in school, and then going into like what you would call the real world was, uh, it was a little tricky. Like I didn't really know what I wanted to be after baseball or be after I graduated college. Like I didn't know what my career path was going to be. Um, it was just a tricky time. So I'm still trying to figure that out, but uh, yeah, these past few years have just been kind of interesting, and um, I've had a different outlook on life and a different perspective. So I'm just ready for a new chapter, you know?
0: Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I was also a student athlete, and I did not end up pursuing it in college, but it was such a massive part of my life. Uh, it, you know, I think a lot of student athletes or athletes just in general, no matter what stage you're in, uh, can relate to kind of feeling a little bit of a an identity crisis when you no longer have your sport to turn to. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah.
1: Like an identity crisis, for sure. That's probably the best way that I'd describe what I'm going through, mm-hmm. or what I was going through, was just uh, trying to figure out who I was outside of sports and outside of school, outside of um i guess just being comfortable like growing up in that environment for so long and then branching out and having to kind of find who i really am deep down and yeah i'd for sure say it's, it's an identity crisis
0: yeah so you you're a baseball player um and you started doing that when you were a little kid kind of walk us, what kind of walk us through like the progression of you know childhood sports and then how that you know carried you through high school and then with college like what walk us through that whole that time of your life
1: yeah so I started playing baseball when I was like around four or five years old and then um, my dad actually built a baseball academy when I was five years old so I was kind of like just brought up to be a baseball player and like the end goal was going to be to play professional baseball and that was that was like all I had on my mind as a kid growing up on my mind in high school on my mind in college like okay, you're going to play professional baseball. Like, you don't need a backup option. There's not going to be a second uh, job. Like, you're just going to be a baseball player. Um, yeah. But as I got older, it's just, uh, you know, it like the pressures of always trying to be perfect and always trying to live up to some type of expectation that you put on yourself that maybe others don't um, just created a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think... I started feeling that anxiety once I got to high school and that's when you really try to figure out like okay I have to go play college baseball now um you know I need to get a scholarship I need to you know outperform everybody I need to be on varsity like you're just trying to live up to the hype that you're putting in your own head rather than mm-hmm. uh you know what other like some people might not have as high expectations as you do for yourself but I feel like being an athlete like you know um you put a lot of pressure on yourself to kind of almost be perfect and everything. Cause it's just that competitive nature. Um, so yeah, all throughout childhood and growing up, it was always like, I felt like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to be more than what I was. And mm. I think that's where the anxieties and, you know, those uh, pressures really came into, um, came into play.
0: Yeah. How old would you say would like, were you when you started to notice that, anxiety really creep in it sounded it sounds like in high school but was there a point where you ever became concerned like oh wow I'm like really anxious all the time
1: yeah I'd say going into my senior year of high school um, that was when I had committed to the college that I was going to go to Um, that was like when I was starting to talk to a lot of professional scouts um, to like get drafted to play baseball uh, professionally um, within that year And I feel like everything was kind of hitting me pretty hard and I wasn't able to cope with it right away because I didn't know how to react. Um, It was just a lot of pressure right away. And I kind of, you know, just brushed it off like, okay, I deserve this. You know, I worked hard for this and kept telling myself that I was in the right spot. But um, there was like nights and there was times where, you know, you'd have a bad game and you go home and like you're just like can I even do this anymore? And you start doubting yourself. You start having these, you know, these self-doubts and uh, that's where the anxiety starts to play a huge part.
0: Did you ever want to just kind of like scrap it all? Cause you felt so much pressure and so much anxiety.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Like I remember, so like baseball is like a year round sport. Like you don't take time off really um, unless you play another sport. Cause you have like travel ball, you have um, mm-hmm. Fall ball with your high school team, and then you have winter ball before the season starts, and then the season throughout the spring. And so, like, you don't take, you don't really take any time off. And I was pretty burnt out, I'd say, by my senior year of high school. But I knew I was so close to like you know fulfilling that dream and that uh, that expectation that I had to put on myself to play professional baseball. So that's kind of what kept me going. Um, and like, my parents wanted it for me, of course, but I think I wanted it. I wanted it pretty bad, but uh, yeah, I was pretty burnt out because, um, you know, it, it's your whole life. It, it, it consumes you and you don't know how to really cope with the bad days because when you're high, you're really high. And when you're low, like you, you reach a point where it's like, okay, do I, do I just stop playing? Cause it's, it's getting pretty tough now.
0: Yeah. Do you have any uh, advice for overcoming burnout?
1: Um, I'd say the best way that I started to handle it was until I got older, just because I was a little bit more mature. Yeah. Um, but just to stay even keeled, like baseball is a tough sport and, and like any sport, any sports tough. Um, but in order to stay, you know, on the right path mentally, I feel like staying even keeled is the best way, like with your, your emotions, like don't let yourself get too, excited when good things happen and don't let yourself get too down when you're not having a a good game or maybe a good practice or something like that, or a good training session. Like you got to kind of keep that mentality that you're going to keep pushing as hard as you can every day. And that's all you can control. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the best way I can put it is just try and, you know, keep your emotions level and don't, don't, uh, don't get over consumed with them.
0: Yeah. Achieve, achieve balance the best way you know how. Yeah. 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 So how is how has uh so so whatever happened so you went to ha- you went to college you played baseball what happened next?
1: Yeah. Um so throughout high school uh so high school senior year I was going to get drafted in June and then I had fractured my spine 2 weeks before that um uh, before the draft. So I was offered to go play professional baseball. Like, you know, got the got the call from the team and the scouts and all that stuff. And then I had to decline that. Um, which was like heartbreaking at the age of eighteen. Like that's all you want to do your whole heartbreaking. life.
0: Heartbreaking. Yeah.
1: Like you, what was that like? Your, uh oh, so
0: my I, God. Uh,
1: yeah. So I like fractured my spine. And then I started physical therapy literally the day of my high school graduation. And like walking across the stage, like I was in so much pain. Like It was just a lot of pain, like in my heart, but then also like physically, because, you know, you, it's going to take a long time to rehab. So um, I did four months of physical therapy over that summer. And then I had a scholarship to go play at UC Davis. And then when I got to UC Davis, like my body was not in the right shape. Like I hadn't played baseball all summer. Um, It's not a sport that you can really take off that much time the way I did. So to be able to come back and like put your body through workouts and two a days and that type of deal. Like I wasn't ready physically. Um, and so that was tough. I ended up transferring back to Southwestern College for a semester to play uh, my freshman year of college. And I played there for a semester. And then um, I transferred to Mount Sac, Mount San Antonio College, which is another junior college uh, for my sophomore year. And so I played there. And so I was like kind of bouncing around schools, like trying to fit in and it was just a tough, tough time. Um, yeah. and then finally I got a scholarship to go play at Cal State LA. And so I played there for, uh, three years and, um, throughout that journey, my junior year. So the first year I get there, it's my third year of college. And I developed this thing called in baseball, it's called the yips. And I couldn't, so it's when you kind of, it's like, a, it's an anxiety and a, mental block where you can't throw the ball back to the pitcher as a catcher. That was my position I was a catcher. And so I couldn't even throw the ball back to the pitcher. Like I had one job to do and it was literally just to throw the ball back and I would bounce the ball. I would throw it over the pitcher's head. Um, I couldn't play catch with anybody cause I would just throw it over their head or to the side. It's kind of like you lose all accuracy. And it's like, you, it's an anxiety that you get when you're about to make a throw pretty much. And so that happened to me. Um, I had to red shirt that year um, just because there's no way I could play in the game. Yeah. Which uh was tough for me to sit out that year and just be like a practice player because I had never done that in my life before. Um and then the next year, a week before the season starts, uh, I got hit in the pitch. I got hit in the elbow by a pitch and ended up shattering my my left elbow um a week before the season. So I had to get surgery on that. Uh, and then I was out for three months. So, like, Jeez. I had all these things kind of, like, going through, like, where I was kind of, like, put on a pedestal at such a young age um, in my own mind and kind of, like, in, in the my community. baseball world. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah totally. You know?
1: And, like, people think of you so highly and you're going to be, like, this great baseball player, this great dude. Like, you have so many friends back home and you know so many people. And then throughout college, like, you just go through all these different hardships. And, like, I feel even though you're in your 20s, it's, you're still, you're still a kid. Like totally. there's still, there's so many things that you're not ready to experience on your own, living on your own and, you know, maturing that way. But uh, yeah, I ended up coming back from that broken elbow. Um, I hit five home runs in five straight weeks uh, to end the season, which was kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> but it, it just goes to show like for every like hardship that I've had, um, whether it be sports or just life in general, like there's always that light at the end of the tunnel. And I've really had to focus on that within the last couple of years of, you know, going through the self identity crisis and trying to figure out who I really am and um, staying positive. And I think that plays a huge part in not losing my head too much. Um, Just knowing that even if you feel like you're at rock bottom, you might not be at rock bottom, it might feel like it, but there's always a a light at the end of the tunnel and there's always something better that's gonna come up from the situation that you're going through. So um, yeah, that's what I've learned throughout high school, college. yeah, I'd for sure say it's a a huge learning block though.
0: Yeah. So when you were jumping around from school to school, it sounds like your freshman and sophomore year were especially tough with your broken spine and then moving from school to school and then your elbow, like what was going on for you mentally?
1: Yeah. So when I fractured my spine, I was 18 and I was kind of like all right, well, this is going to be the toughest thing I've
0: huge.
1: ever. That's huge. Yeah. Like this, for then,
0: time out, like what does that even yeah. look like? Like, did you get so, surgery? Like, what's the recovery time no, on that? Yeah. That's insane.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, it was to the point where I couldn't even bend over like halfway. Like you know, like if you were to touch your toes, right? You'd bend over and t- like touch your toes. Yeah. I couldn't even go past like my kneecaps, like Jeez. with my arms all the way down extended, and like I'm six foot one, so like that like my arms are long and yeah (laughs) yeah. you had
0: an advantage come on
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, and I couldn't even touch my kneecaps and like I couldn't drive um because every time I looked over my shoulder like to check a blind spot couldn't do it because like every time I twisted my back yeah so you can imagine like I was pretty immobile like you went from this star
0: like baseball player to I couldn't eat you probably couldn't even drive to like go meet up with your friends or go on a date or yeah I was
1: getting I was getting dropped off at high school like my last couple days uh of my senior year, like getting dropped off because I couldn't physically drive myself to school. Like that was just like, it wasn't embarrassing I'd say, but it's just like kind of humbling. Um, and that's where I try to like, that's why I say stay even keeled in your sport and with anything in life really is like, yeah, enjoy, enjoy all the great moments that come to you and, you know, have fun with everything that comes to you. And, but like when something bad happens, don't obsess over that too much. Like don't take that to heart too much. Um, because when you start thinking that you're invincible, you start thinking that everything is uh, you know perfect around you, like that's when you kind of really get humbled. Um, yeah. and so that's what I learned was just, you know, don't don't get too I wasn't I wouldn't say I was cocky, but I was very confident. Like mm-hmm. everything was everything was gonna work out, everything was gonna be perfect in my life, and then boom, like a tragedy and like a hardship. And so yeah, having a broken spine basically I didn't get surgery um, because they said I would have had to sit out of sports for a year and like do nothing pretty much to let it heal. Um, But basically, it's the two bottom parts of your back, like near your tailbone um, and the vertebrae were pointing outwards. So everything's lined up in your spine and my bottom two, the bottom two parts of your spine on me, they were pointing outwards. So they kept on moving out over time, which is usually like a, a weaker core and then, uh, you just have to do a lot of exercises and stretching. And, um, yeah, so I, I've been icing my back since I was 18, like every night mm. and I'm 25 now, so you can, that's a pretty long time.
0: You got an old um, man back. I know, just kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty much. No, I, yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> like that's what they compared it to. Uh, when I first went into physical therapy, they're like, yeah, so you're 18, you have a back like equivalent to an 80 year old. Um, mm. we got to get you back down to an 18 year old. Cause I could, I'm telling you, like I, I was probably maybe like a couple days, like I, I wanted to do, like really be pushed, pushed around in a wheelchair, but like my pride kind of kicked in and I was like, like yeah. well, I'm not doing that. Like I'll, uh, I'll, I'll fight it and I'll, I'll keep walking. But, um, yeah, it was tough. And then, uh, and then I go to college like a week after I finished physical therapy and go live on my own at 18 years old. So that's tough.
0: So, so many obstacles and hardships. Do you feel like how did this all play into you developing OCD and anxiety?
1: I'd say the OCD didn't kick in really until, like, I've always been pretty particular about things, like, like a perfectionist mentality. Um, but never to the point where I obsessed over things like, Oh, if I didn't do this, then something bad's going to happen. Or um, if I do this, and something good's going to happen to me, it was more anxiety where uh, I felt like if I didn't do an extra rep uh, at practice, then someone else was going to take my spot. Or um, if I didn't hit this ball good, then, you know, I'm not going to do good in the game tomorrow. Like, so I was kind of just overthinking every situation. I was, in my own head a lot, and over analyzing everything, and I'd say the anxieties kicked in probably high school. Um, mm-hmm.
0: So when everything anxiety. was starting to go really good, yeah, it yeah, went anxiety, and then the the OCD, OCD. yeah. And for yeah, for, sure. for people that are listening that don't know much about OCD, can you kind of dive into like what that is, and also what an average day in your life looked like.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so OCD, like some people say they have OCD, uh, whether it be like, you know, they want everything clean or they want everything organized or everything has to look right. And like, yeah, that's, that's OCD. But like for me and what I was going through, um, it was more like, so OCD, you have to, it's like a reassurance thing. Um, when you touch something, it has to feel right so that everything in your life feels right. Or the reason why people shut a door like four times is because that number four is a safe number um, and it makes them feel safe. So you're really seeking reassurance when you're doing these like OCD rituals and stuff. Um, And it's obsessive compulsive uh, behavior Mm -hmm. and or obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, But it's a behavior where you obsess over little things that you can control in life. Because you're so worried about like the uncertainties that are going to happen. Like, oh, no, I'm afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. So I need to turn my TV off 10 times, turn it back on, turn it back off, turn it back on, turn it back off in order for tomorrow to be a good day. So mm-hmm. you just you start obsessing over these thoughts of uh, uncertainty. And it's kind of hard to explain unless you're actually going through it. But I mean, I think people notice it like some people won't step on cracks like on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and they have no, no idea why they don't do that. Um, but that's just like one of those reassurance things where everything feels good if I don't step on a crack and you might not know it, but like, that's, that's a little bit of OCD. Um, but for a regular day in my life, like it got to the point where everything I did, like whether it was turning off, uh, like the water faucet, like just trying to turn the water off. Like if it didn't feel right, when I turned it off, I'd have to turn it back on, turn it back off or, um, just screwing like a bottle cap on um if the bottle cap didn't screw on perfectly then like oh no something bad's gonna happen like I have to screw it on perfectly every time and like it got to the point where it was just kind of um taking up too much time in my life like it was getting exhausting mentally and um you know I finally started seeking therapy about a couple months ago uh for it because yeah it was just uh it was a time in my life where I had to be vulnerable about it and really admit to myself like okay this is like one battle that you can't get through by yourself like this is a mental battle that uh you're gonna need some help on and Mm -hmm. because like growing up and dealing with all these injuries and stuff um those are all physical battles like I'm gonna heal like I know my body's gonna heal I know my elbow's gonna heal my back's gonna heal right but I don't like your mind has to heal too Mm -hmm. so that's one thing that I didn't realize was so powerful because the power of the mind is unbelievable right like you can literally achieve anything And so that was the mentality I always had in sports was, you know, stay positive and, you know, think highly of yourself and all that stuff like positive self-affirmations. But when all these uncertainties come into your life, uh, that's when those negative thoughts start taking over. And so for me to be able to like bounce back and kind of like take a second to just look in the mirror and kind of check myself and be like, Hey, like you're, you're a strong dude, but like you need some help, like to be able to get through this. And, uh, yeah, so I started seeking therapy a couple couple months ago, and it's helping.
0: That's awesome. Is there any yeah. like tips or tricks, or and I hate using actually that phrase because there's no like fast life hack to you know yeah. beat depression or anxiety or whatever. But do you have have you learned any tools? I guess would be yeah. a better way to say it that have helped you overcome some of those rituals and compulsions or lessen your anxiety.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, so with the OCD therapy that I'm doing, it's like a specialized therapy for OCD, people with OCD. So it's not really talk therapy where I'm like talking about my feelings or anything. Um, because like my life is good. Like I got good people in my life. I have, you know, good family and great friends, all that stuff. Um, but it's more practicing the OCD like rituals or things that you feel like you do these ocd compulsions with and it's like so one thing that i do with my therapist is like we'll literally screw like a bottle cap on and he'll make me mess it up on purpose and then just sit there for like two minutes and stare at the bottle cap and like kind of live with that anxiety and mm. that's tough like you is start awful? feeling like oh yeah <laughs> I mean, like, like
0: that was yeah terrible. like you feel like
1: you can't breathe yeah like yeah. you're you're sitting there like oh my god like Uh, okay, and then, but, like, after a minute, you're, like, wait, like, it's fake, like, all this stuff is so fake in your head, like, but you're, but you overthink every situation to the point where you think it, it, you're actually helping yourself by.
0: Doing it uh, again, and again, and again. Yeah, exactly, right, yeah, yeah,
1: so, uh, yeah, kind of just doing the things that you're afraid of is what has helped me, and, and like, within these past two months, the progression has been crazy, like, uh, I've, I didn't think I'd be able to kind of progress this fast, but I've also distracted myself just by hanging out with friends and like, like stop saying no to things because when I was going through like depression and anxiety and OCD and all this stuff, like I would literally just stay in my room and like watch TV or go on YouTube and like waste my day. And like,
0: cause it felt safe. I'm sure. Yeah. Like
1: I didn't want to go outside. I don't want to like put myself in a situation where like something bad could have happened, even though nothing bad was going to happen. It just, in my head like I was just like nervous for some reason
0: your fear yeah
1: yeah and uh yeah so just saying yes to everything I mean obviously not crazy things but like just instead of denying my friends and like no I don't want to hang out today and like making up an excuse like just going out and like maybe let's go grab a bite to eat or let's go grab some drinks and some dinner or something like that like just staying occupied I guess has been really the biggest uh therapy tool and just doing the things that I'm afraid to do Mm-hmm. and like knowing that I can conquer them, knowing that I can overcome those fears. That's really been, uh, my biggest accomplishment, I think. And, um, it's something that I want to keep working on, obviously, but I feel like I've made a lot of progress doing it.
0: That's so inspiring to hear. Cause I feel like, you know, you have just been through so much and hearing your story is so inspiring. Um, and I know that, I know that recently you shared your story, um, For, you know, for a lot of people, it's hard to share. And I feel going back to something you had said a few minutes ago about, you know, people don't necessarily tease, but they use that phrase like, oh, sorry, I'm like super OCD or like, oh, my God, I have the craziest anxiety. You know, it's not that people can't say that, or that word is like off limits to certain people. However, I do think it lays on a spectrum and a scale. And so there are people who have crippling anxiety or, you know, are having challenges getting through their day because of their rituals and compulsions with OCD. Um, And so It's just really cool to hear that one, you've started therapy and have gotten help for an issue you felt like you couldn't necessarily face all on your own, um, but that you've you've also seen progress so quickly. Um, And going back to what I was saying about, I know that you recently shared your story. How has sharing helped? Has it made you feel more vulnerable and more anxious or has it helped you feel free? Like what's been your experience with sharing your story?
1: Yeah. So like about a month ago, I shared my story on Instagram and I've never been one to post about like the tough things going on in my life on Instagram or kind of being, I've been authentic, but not, you know, Instagram's like a highlight reel. So you post all the things that everybody that you want everybody to see. You post all the good things, you post all the happy times, you post your nice outfit, your nice new pair of shoes, like, (laughs) right, nobody sees your dirty shoes in the closet, no one sees your ripped bag that you never wear, like, it's everything that's perfect, it's everything that you want everyone to see, and so, I mean, I got caught up in that, I think a lot of people do too, but without even realizing, like, this isn't even who I am, like, why am I posting this stuff, Um, and so, yeah, I posted about what I've been going through, and I kind of did it just to get like a monkey off my back, Uh, you know, and maybe it was, I didn't know, maybe I could have helped someone. I was going to help someone along the way. And I just wanted like, you know, for one person to reach out and maybe say, Hey, I'm going through the same thing. Or I feel like I was, it was like a, I was like kind of seeking help from other people, like reassurance, I guess. Um, And I ended up getting like a huge, huge outpour of like emotion and affection and um, a lot of people reaching out, people that I've never talked to before, but followed me, people that I've talked to maybe one time in my life or people that I haven't talked to since like maybe elementary school or that know me through someone else. And um, I got, yeah, like so much feedback. And I was honestly speechless because I didn't know that many people cared about me. Uh, on that mm. level and I didn't know I could have that type of impact um and to see that and to feel that I think that really saved me like that gave me the sense of hope like oh wow there's a lot of people going through what I'm going through and I had no idea and maybe all it took was for someone that looks like he has his life all together and looks like his life is perfect and has this perfect family this perfect you know relationship is perfect any anything right um to just post something like that and show his authentic side. And I think a lot of people were kind of shocked and they felt comfortable enough to reach out. And so I had like hundreds of messages from people, text messages, DMS, like comments on my, on the post. And, um, that stuff is so heartwarming. Like that's honestly, that was the most humbling experience of my life for sure. Um, to be able to be vulnerable about it and to be able to, communicate with other people about what they're going through whether it was like someone in their family was going through it whether it was them people telling me that I inspired them like that was the most rewarding thing and I wasn't even really trying to achieve that I was just trying to maybe spread a little bit of awareness and mm-hmm. uh, it made me feel like I was able to help so many people and that that's probably one of the best feelings I've ever felt in my life um, that's yeah amazing. that was yeah it was kind of It just changed my whole perspective on everything. Um, I ended up, well, last week actually, I talked to um, two sixth grade classes that uh, students are clinically diagnosed with uh, anxiety and ADHD and um, depression and some even have OCD. And so I talked to them a little bit about my story and shared what I was going through and to hear some of these kids speak up at such a young age and to be able to relate to what I'm going through at 11, 12 years old, Um, it's pretty crazy. And it really made me, it was just an eye-opening experience to really like sit down and listen to these kids stories because at that age, there's no way I'm being vulnerable about what I'm going through. Like at 12 years old, there's no way I'm going to tell a stranger who just came in to talk to my class for 10 minutes, like about these life struggles that I'm going through. And like, it was, uh. I think, like, it made me want to go down, like, a different career path almost, like,
0: uh, and,
1: yeah, like, just try and help, like, to help people. Um, yeah. I think I think that's where I'm finding my purpose now is to, like, after this post and after talking to these kids and, you know, even my friends and stuff, too, just all this positive feedback about mental health and stuff um, kind of changed my perspective on life, and I feel like that's kind of where I found my purpose now and, like, my identity.
0: That is so cool. Yeah. Oh, there's so many things. Okay. So I want to talk about a few different things there. Cause I want to know like this new career path maybe, or some new purpose that you found, but I have to go back really quickly to something that you said around Instagram. Cause I, I saw the post and uh, reached out to you. And I know that you got a lot of positive interaction with it and feedback, like you said, and um, you know, you're so right. Instagram is such a highlight reel and everyone knows that. I think, I think most people have an awareness of that, but it is so easy to forget that on the day to day. Um, and when you're not being intentional about where your mind wanders, uh, so I guess just as a, as a woman, uh, I'm curious if men struggle with that as much as, as I know that at least like women do and might do men struggle with that as well.
1: Oh yeah, I think for sure. Um, Well, actually maybe like a select few, like men do. Um, I know like my guy friends, they aren't really into it that much, like Instagram and stuff. But like, if you look at these influencers, Mm -hmm. like everything is filtered. Like whether it be like a brand deal that they have or, you know, like a, I don't know, a modeling picture or something like that, right? Like everything is filtered. Like none of that stuff is real. You, You look at them in real life and you're like, what? Like that's like him you look, yeah you look completely <laughs> where's different the six-pack
0: where's the tan exactly. where's like, the yeah <laughs>
1: yeah right so I think a lot of I think if you feel like you have um a following or you have some type of uh what's the word I'm looking for like like
0: community. some type of platform like yeah, interested like, in what you're doing exactly yeah
1: if people care about what you're doing I feel like those pressures start uh coming alive a little more and people kind of filter out all the bad stuff and they just no, don't know they put a face tune on it you know what i'm saying like they'll smooth it out like they're smoothing yeah. out their lives on instagram pretty much and they're trying to make everything look like they have it all together but i guarantee those people those might be the people that are going through it the most uh
0: because and they wonder,
1: feel they feel a lot of pressure
0: yeah and i i'm just having a thought now like i wonder also if maybe you know you don't have like 8,000 followers, 10,000 followers, 22,000 followers, 100,000 followers. Maybe you're not some huge not, influencer, yeah. but if if you're somebody who has enough of a community and you've built enough of a brand, like this yeah. is Sarah and this is who she is and this is Spencer and he's a baseball mm. player and I have him yeah. pegged for this like brand no. deviating away from the brand or not showing up as what people expect you to be, I think can feel like you said, like a lot of pressure.
1: Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, like I, I would, I would never post like a bad post. Like, I don't know. It just, I, you know, you want to think highly of yourself and stuff. Right. But when you feel like you're living up to this type of uh, like a brand that you're putting on yourself, Mm -hmm. Um, or that other people view you as and you know people view you as uh, a certain type of person or an athlete or something like that like you want to post things that are attractive to that attractive to the eye like you don't want to post an ugly picture or something like you're like a a picture where you're caught off guard or you're not looking right like but like uh, the
0: health influencer doesn't post a yeah. picture of them driving through in and out with their friends at 2am or yeah. Oh, right.
1: And like, I guarantee you they do that though. I guarantee oh, yeah, you for they sure. do. Like there's no <laughs> they way get they're drunk chicken and-, and broccoli every day. Yeah. There's yeah. no way. Like you're going to get tired of it pretty soon, you know? And totally. uh, I got tired of the Instagram thing. Like maybe it has to do with like growing up and maturing a little bit, but I got tired of, uh, making sure like everything had to look right, or like everything had to be perfect for everyone else. Like life's not perfect. Like there's literally nothing perfect about life. Like there's always going to be something that you don't like, and you got to find a way to live with it. So that's kind of uh, how I felt like I got over those pressures. And I was never like really too into Instagram like that. But yeah, I wasn't going to post like bad pictures or what I thought was a bad picture or you know and I feel like a lot of people do that too like they critique themselves and they see things that other people will never see like in a picture so
0: um
1: yeah that's definitely part of it though uh just just remembering that everything is so filtered on social media and everything is so I guess fake but everything is just a highlight of everyone's life you never see the hardships you never see the tough times so that's something to remember keep in mind
0: Yeah. And I think that it's refreshing when people do post something that is quote unquote off brand, which is kind of a shitty way to phrase it. But, you know, I I know I came across your post and I was like, wow, what is this? Like, this is refreshing after I just saw 12 Instagram models uh, in the post before that. Or, you know, so it's really it's refreshing. And I think that people now more than ever are just craving that that authenticity so it's it's nice to see a little bit of a shift starting to take place
1: yeah and I think that I feel like the older we get uh the tougher times that people are starting to have as they get into like this real world adult world um and they're kind of seeking for people uh that are going through tough times or hard times that you would never think are going through tough times because you want to feel like everyone else you want to feel like you're in the same boat and I think that's just a, a societal thing where you want to feel accepted. Everyone wants, everyone wants to feel accepted, but Mm -hmm. you never want to feel like the outcast that has something wrong. You never want to feel like the person that maybe has ADHD and they can't focus, or you don't want to feel like the person that has anxiety all the time. And you're thinking all these crazy thoughts and you don't know um, what's going to happen next in your life. Like you want to feel like everyone else. So when you see someone post something so vulnerable and so out there that is so off brand for them, I feel like it's it's really a breath of fresh air and um it opens that conversation for sure. Like I had yeah. people reach out to me that I don't know. They didn't have to reach out, like people that I had never known before, like never even met and they just saw my post and they reached out to me and let me know that they've been battling tough times and depression and stuff like that and anxieties and although my depression's not it was never like terrible. It was never to the point where it was something that was, you know, I was going to take my life or anything like it wasn't Mm -hmm. to that point it was just more of like feeling bad about myself feeling sad for myself instead of because I used to be so proud of myself I used to be so excited to play baseball I used to be so excited for things and then once that all ended I just started feeling sorry for myself a little bit Mm -hmm. and I, I was never like that so uh yeah like I had to tell people like well not tell them but like just we were communicating and I was just telling them you know um like life gets a lot better once you start to like love yourself again and once you start to really uh, think highly about the little things that you do like give yourself credit for everything like Mm -hmm. life is so tough and you have no idea the older you get um, I think the more advanced it gets you got to find a career you got to find a place to live you got to pay bills all that type of stuff Mm -hmm. and like give yourself a pat on the back for paying your bills every month give yourself a pat on the (laughs) back for cooking for yourself like those little things, the more you start to appreciate those little things, I feel like it goes a longer way. Um, And just spreading that good, that good energy with people. um, Like there's no room for any of that negative stuff. Like why be negative? Like that just, you have to spend more energy being negative than you do being a good person. Like just be, just be a good person. It's not that tough to, you know, tell someone they have nice hair or, Hey, I like your smile or, Oh, nice shoes. Like just little things like that. Cause I guarantee you that's going to make someone's day. Like, no matter how small it is, they might be going through something way tougher than you even can imagine. Like they yeah. might be on their third job that day, but you told them that, you know, you like their attitude or just something to make them smile. And that'll go such a long way in life. Um, and I think the more joy and the more happiness that you spread, the the better better off you are. Um,
0: yeah. And the better you feel. I mean, because I, yeah,
1: I, your perspective changes, you know?
0: Yeah. And I know those are always like, moments that are more lasting you know instead of buying this or achieving that like that shit feels good for sure but it the the stuff that really fills your cup is is when you're in a place of love and service and spreading joy and practicing gratitude so i couldn't agree more
1: i'm a huge believer in that like just every single day kind of thinking thinking to yourself like what are you really grateful for like you woke up that morning like you didn't have to wake up that morning like you know what i'm saying there's a lot of people i didn't get get that chance so why not go out there and do something that you're gonna have, you're gonna leave a lasting impression on somebody and make sure it's a good one make sure it's a, a positive one make sure it's something that makes someone else feel good because you know what comes around goes around so
0: yeah for sure
1: um, i'm a big believer in that too karma and stuff like that yeah
0: yeah So with all of this being said, what is next on this journey for you? I know you kind of alluded to maybe a new career path or, you know, we were talking earlier about kind of a, an identity crisis and, you know, we're young, we're always figuring out who we are, but you know, what's, what's, what do you see in this new chapter of life for you?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I graduated from college with a a degree in business marketing. Um, it was just something that, you know, I felt like it was a broad enough uh, degree to where I could get a job in any field. Um, and so I didn't know what I wanted to do really after college, uh, but started of dabbling a little bit into like real estate um, wasn't really for me, didn't really enjoy it as much. And then I started getting into, well, I had to think about like, okay, what can I do that's going to make me feel good? about what I do every day. What am I gonna do that I wanna wake up every morning and go do it? So I was like, okay, I like baseball. Um, I like being on a field. I like coaching, I like teaching. So I started getting into high school baseball coaching. Um, Right now I work at an accounting firm over in Laguna Niguel, but part-time I do high school baseball coaching and I do lessons. So I'd say getting back out on the field and being around those kids and really kind of honing in on my expertise and you know, sharing that knowledge that I have um, brought me to a place of like finding my purpose again, like I was talking about. And then speaking to um, those classes of sixth graders,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think public speaking might be a thing that I start to dive into, uh, motive- whether it be like motivational speaking, um, just sharing my story with like maybe teams or schools or students. And um Just you know, having a positive impact on the community around me, having a positive impact on anybody around me. Um, Just trying to spread that comfortability where they can open up to me. Like you know, anyone can talk to me. And whoever's listening to this, you know, feel free to reach out to me on social media. If if you have my number, call me, text me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm open. I'll drop your
0: handle in the uh, show notes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So you guys can
0: connect with Spencer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I'm open to talking to anybody because. I feel like any relationship you, it's a good relationship. Like if you know somebody, why not reach out to them? Um, and I'm, you know, no judgment. Like I've been through it. Like I'll tell you straight up, like <laughs> life's tough, but, uh, I think the positive things, um, just outweigh the, the bad all the time outweigh the negative stuff. Um, but yeah, so I think that, you know, m- maybe a little career change in, uh, like public speaking and working with, um, some some people and doing motivational speaking I don't know I think it's a good story it's a good story for people to um if they're feeling down if they're feeling like they have self-doubts they can look at it and it'll kind of motivate them a little bit to keep kicking keep going um and that you might be down in the fight but like you can still win that thing like there's no way Mm -hmm. there's no way you're gonna lose you know I love that yeah I love that you're not done (laughs) yeah
0: Well, I have no doubt that wherever you end up going, uh, you will do so with confidence and strength and grace and gratitude and lots of love in your heart. And yeah, you're just one of the one of the many good, good people that I know. And so I just Thank am you. grateful for you coming on the show and sharing your story and giving oh, yeah, us yeah some insight into. OCD and anxiety and vulnerability and the shit we put up with on Instagram and how to show up more yeah. vulnerable. And I just, I really appreciate it. So thanks for uh, sharing with our, with our community.
1: Yeah. Thanks for letting me use your platform to, you know, spread some awareness and kind of get that word out there that life's tough, but there's no reason to, no reason to quit. You just got to keep going. Uh, you know, it's a good feeling once you start to realize that, life's there's a lot there's a lot of life left and there's a lot to live and um, a lot to look forward to too like you might think that you're in a rut or you might think that times are tough for you but there's so much more life out there and there's so much so many more great things to achieve and you know there's so many more new chapters just look at life as a book just be an open book I think in life that's one thing that I like to kind of look at now and think about is okay that whole chapter of school growing up childhood all that stuff baseball like that's that's you know it's an old chapter so now I'm ready to start a new story and uh, thank you for having me on and um, letting me spread the word and uh, you know sharing my story is a great experience I loved it appreciate it a lot appreciate you
0: yeah you're welcome we will uh, we will drop uh, Spencer's Instagram handle in the show notes so that you guys can connect with him and we'll see you guys soon
1: sounds good thank you
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Good People Podcast. If you feel seen, inspired, or empowered, please feel free to share this podcast with the good people in your life. We also appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review. With joy and gratitude, we'll see you next time.